millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's up, everybody? So we're switching it up again at Huey Off The Record. You know I like to keep you on your toes. We're going from all that talk about the hashtag me too with my boy King to some surreal parallel universe stuff with the one, the only, Derek Smalls, the bass player in Spinal Tap. You also may know Spinal Tap from the rockumentary This Is Spinal Tap that came out in the 80s. Next level shit. I remember seeing it at a movie theater and was changed permanently. Anyway, we get to talking about Derek's re-entry into the music biz with his upcoming solo album, Smalls Change, Mediations, or Meditations, rather, on Aging. (laughs) I should get reading glasses, huh? His dad's phone sanitation business, and how you can never go back to a four-string bass when you've had five strings. So, friends, enjoy. Hello, Derek. How are you, man? I'm all right. I'm, uh, I, you know, I'm not uh, supposed to even touch these machines uh, since I've had uh, two bouts of internet addiction. So I've got the, a young girl here uh, running this uh, machine for me because... After we finish, I would sit here just uh, until I, my head dropped on the keyboard if, uh, if I was left to my own devices. But I'm fine. How are you? I'm great, Derek. And you know what? I, I heard about the internet addiction thing, and it, I'd like to talk about it a little bit later if we can. But you know, so for, you let me know. Let, you let me know. Yeah, when, when we, when we, I want to talk about small change. I mean, the, the, you know, the, the new record's amazing, man. Right. right. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm amazed myself. When I first heard it, it reminded me of a lot of stuff that you've done before, but it, it reminded me of a quote that you had one time, and you said you don't strive for perfection because perfection is the destination and imperfection is the journey. So when you say you're meditating upon aging, is that meditating on the imperfection or the perfection? That's almost too good a question, Hewitt. Aging is the journey. Meditation is the ticket. I'm the conductor. Almost in an electrical sense, you know? A thin sheet of metal is a in a, in a, like a chip, and that thin sheet of metal. That's a good way to put it. I mean, I guess you guys have worked with orchestras before, but having it be like your own music with an orchestra, I guess you want to have the, the smallest kind of footprint when it comes to that, that conducting bit. Yeah, well, I mean, I do have small feet, fortunately, so I'm, I've got a leg up. Is this one of those records that you've had, you've been working on for like the last 20 years, and you just finally got the bits and pieces you needed to get together to get it together? No, 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 no. This was uh, in, in 2009, as you may recall, you may have been there. Yeah. Tap played uh, Basto, we played uh, Wembley uh, uh, Arena, and I started writing. Uh, it just uh, it opened a, a spigot in me, that 2009 round of gigs. It opened a spigot in me, Huey, that I didn't know I had. Well, I'm glad you did. I'm glad the spigot was open, and I'm, I'm glad I'm glad the liquid Thank flowed. You. It flowed slowly, a bit viscous at first, and then it uh, smoothed out. Well, I guess that that's you know, it, I, I'm not I'm going to be fifty, and I think that's a good analogy of, of rock and roll right there. No. Yeah, yeah. It, it, uh, you'll you'll notice as uh, you get past fifty that uh, that will come more to the, the forefront of your attention. Yeah, viscous is a word that I'm I'm becoming more and more familiar with as time goes That's by. Right. Yeah, no, it's true. And I, I want to talk to you about the tour. Now, are you traveling with the entire orchestra at the same time? No, or? no, no, no. That would be uh, expensive. No, uh, in each city that we play, uh, we'll either be doing live with the local uh, resident in New Orleans, 
It's the Louisiana Atlanta. It's the uh, aptly named uh, Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C. It will be the National Symphony. So it's it's their orchestras. We're, we're not ranking them. They're, they're playing with us. And then other gigs will be either with the local symphony or via satellite to the uh, symphony orchestra that we've uh, contracted with in Budapest, of all places. Have you been to Budapest? I have. And you know what I've, I've heard? This is a thing that you might know being from the UK, is that they say that Eastern European orchestras swing better than the British orchestras. Well, I think uh, a settee swings better than British orchestras, Huey, uh, <laughs> if you want to know the truth. I've heard that as well, man. Whenever I go out to Eastern Europe, I'm always surprised that I didn't notice certain things that I should have noticed when I was there the first couple times. It's, uh, well, it's a lot hidden there for good reasons. But uh, I've uh, the, the studio, which is on my record, they're wonderful. So we're going to be using a, a via satellite if we don't do a, a local orchestra. So, and they were—they're just—I don't know if they swung, knocked with with me, rocked with watered. I didn't watch. I wanted rock, and I got it. You know, I guess at the end of the day, if you go to Hungary and you get what you want, <laughs> that might that might be all the all, all you can get. You know. You're, you're ahead of the game. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. Eastern Europe. You said it's called the Wolf Slayer for a reason, you know. Well, it's cold there, too. Did you know that? Yeah, it gets cold, yeah. They got snow all the time. Yeah, they're not happy. They're not happy people, I don't think, because of bloody weather. But anyway, enough about them. Yeah, but apparently, yeah, I'm glad that the, the orchestra, at least, are, are cool enough to be able to work with and stuff. But I, I wanted to kind oh. of... I wanted to talk about the, the thing that I think we had in common when we first met. I, I don't know if we spoke about it, but... I owned a garbage company in New York, and your dad owned a garbage company in England. Well, uh, you know, to say it was a garbage company, first of all, you owned a garbage company? Yeah, Defontaine Carding and Asbestos Removal. Oh, my God. And you didn't, you didn't do the removal yourself, did you? Well, you know, when I, when I first got the record deal, I spent the money investing in my friend's garbage company because there was something I knew was going to be constant in my life. There's always going to be taxes. There's always going to be garbage. But then I'd yeah. always be rock and roll. Yeah, so, right. Well, that's that's wise. My dad, it, it was a sanitation company of a kind. He uh, sanitized people's telephones, which was a big business in uh, Britain in the early post-war era, apparently, because there was a lot of germophobia about telephones. And so Sanifone would go about, my father, uh, Father Duff had a little van, and he'd go about and every week and would uh, just sanitize your phone for a fee. If he were alive today, God bless him, uh, he'd be a millionaire because, you know, the most germs that you encounter in your daily life are where, Huey? On your phone. On your bloody phone. Yeah. My bum, Duff, bless his soul, would be a, a billionaire today if he was alive. But, but he's, yeah, if he were alive today, he would, I mean, you can't be a billionaire when you're dead, I guess. No, well, you can't take it with you. You can't take it with you, and there's no, there's no there there. Yeah, I mean, where where can you send it to pick it up? There's no ATMs. It's like space. Yeah. There's no air. It's like FedEx doesn't know where to drop them. You know, it's, no. are we waiting for a signature? Yeah, we just put over the fence. I mean, none of that. Leave it with a neighbor. <laughs> so, yeah, right. Leave it with a neighbor. Now, I was thinking also with your dad doing the disinfecting the phones. Did he use the spray like Lysol or the stuff they use for bowling shoes? It was not bowling spray because you don't, as far as I know, I'm, I'm not a big bowler, you, uh, I don't think you put your bowling shoes up to your mat. That'd yeah, but, the they, but they have the, that spray, you know, the disinfected spray that every, I mean, yes. I know it's probably not as strong. That's probably why, you know. Well, it's probably mouth safe is what he was. I mean, I, you know, I, I'd go about with him on the van uh, when I was a, a wee one, but I, I never read the label on the spray bottle, so I don't, I couldn't tell you. I mean, it didn't. It didn't say as used in bowling alleys or yeah. wherever. That's all I know. You know, like there are a lot of kids that go around with, and smell that stuff. They huff it. They call it. They, they really, yeah, really, yeah. The Lysol, all that stuff, glue. Well, why don't they just smell the shoes? I, I, I you know, there are people that do that as well. You know, maybe they should well, get it together, right? One of my ex-wives did that, so I, I know that. Well, hey, speaking of exes, man, when I saw the documentary back in the day. The hatchet job. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you guys were really too happy about that. And I know there was a lot of legal wrangling, but 
The one thing I didn't notice, I mean, they did show David's girlfriend, but they never really showed anybody else's girlfriends except for the girls that were on the road. Now, that's right. another thing I wanted to mention. When you were on the road, what's on the road stays on the road, right? So when that movie came out, was your home life affected? Uh, and, no, because my, my first wife had already sued for divorce. Uh, I believe uh, I was interviewed about it in the movie, uh, but then lawyers uh, intervened. But yeah, she got in the Lamborghini and she was very happy to be away. So no, there was no, there were no repercussions or even percussions uh, from that. In, in my particular case, uh, I, I was uh, home free, home, home and dry, you know, as you might say. Yeah, I mean, you look around today and you, what you call the Hatchet Child, the documentary that everybody saw. Yeah, it, it was an expose, and you see a lot of a lot of people getting, you know, the the, the was that the TMZ, the, you know, the people that hang around and stuff, and and wait for people to mess up. Do you think you were fortunate in a way being before the whole internet explosion when you were doing your thing? I think we we benefited a, a lot from lack of public knowledge. I, th I think you could say that the entire success of the band was based on that. I kind of caught the tail end of. The 90s, that was, that was actually before like there were cameras on telephones, which if you think about it, those two things actually should never really go together. I think there are a lot of things that shouldn't go together. Kitchen appliances and toilets shouldn't go together. Yeah, but you see people in New York City with those railroad flats, they got their toilet and, and their, their tub in the kitchen. I always thought that was dangerous. I mean, I know I wouldn't eat that. Yeah. I probably wouldn't even take that. Made me, know, that made me strive. Two. That made me strive to learn how to play guitar to get out of that kind of neighborhood, man. I was, I can, I'm well understand. But you didn't breathe the asbestos, did you? No, no. I, they give you masks, and then you got protective gear. That, that, was oh. the whole, that was the thing, because there were a lot of federal buildings in New York City that had all these asbestos problems, like even schools, man. So who knows who's been sucking wow. on asbestos, especially in New York City, man. But they didn't give you those masks when you were in the, in the kitchens. What kitchens? The kitchens that had the toilet. Oh, the kitchens with the asbestos. Well, you know, when you handle asbestos, you have to go. No, no, no. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm saying in, in the kitchens with the toilets that you had to escape, they didn't give you the masks. No, no, they didn't. All right. I, I, I missed that a little bit. I think my, my Skype was going to give me a hard time there. Speaking of hard times, man, there was a time. It was before I spoke to you originally in 2009, but there was a time, I guess, in the, in the mid-90s, really, that you kind of turned your back on music. Was that because, well, well, tell me what is that was about, man. I think it was music turned its back on me, really. Because music has, as you know, Huey, a very powerful back. Yeah. A powerful backside. The backside is probably the, the music's most uh, noticeable feature. I uh, took the hint and uh, I did uh, adverts. I was uh, a spokesperson for a while for this uh, snack food that's very, very big in Holland uh, called Fluke. You know, you'd see my picture and and was walking around Amsterdam, and you showed my somebody. They'd almost like a, a reflex say Fluke because I was so identified with the product to there. And then I so I parlayed that into uh, they had a uh, show uh, on Dutch TV for a while called Rock Stars with a Z. and uh, it was a competition show. And I was one of the judges uh, alongside this very attractive. A woman who was the uh, lead singer in a, and then they just changed the formats on me, like I like the garbage, I like the rubbish. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember when they when they started actually what was it waste management started buying up all the small independent garbage companies, and that's almost like a metaphor of what's going on with music now, where they're only like really two record labels, but they're like so massive they own fifty percent of all the different labels. Well, it's the whole world, isn't it? It's yeah. the whole world is becoming one big company. If we ever go to Mars, that will be the competition, won't it? Yeah. Well, you got to look at also, they're, 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 they have people going to Mars on a one-way ticket, man. Do you know that? That's crazy. They're like, they're totally going, yeah, we'll go to, we'll go to Mars and not come back. They don't, even no. know, they don't even know if the weather's, you know, manageable. Well, um, they're, they're, I mean, you could find out the weather on Mars. There's an app for that, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't do it because... Yeah, it's really I'm, cold or really hot. You know, it's either really cold or really hot where people can't live, and these people want to go there. It's like it's like going to Tenerife. Yeah. You don't even want to really go to Tenerife because it's either too hot or too cold. But you can come back from that, right? Yeah, you can come back from Tenerife, like on EasyJet, from two and a half hours to London 
Right. And you can't right. come back from Mars. It takes you like six years to get there. And that's like, you know, you can't, the Farmer's Almanac doesn't work that far in the future. So on a trip to Mars, you would say that getting there is, is like thirds of the fun. It'll be like two thirds of the fun. When you, once you get there, yeah. it's going to be like Matt Damon in that movie. No, it'd be, it'd be no fun at all. It'd be that, right? <laughs> no, it'll yeah. be like, yeah, it'd be like this. Two thirds of the fun is all the fun you get. Yeah, because you got to figure out when you get there, you've probably used a lot. I mean, if you brought liquor, you probably drank most of it on the flight. So, well, there's, there's a flight that comes after that, after yours with all your supplies, isn't there? It's just like stay on Mars for a couple of weeks and, and wait and sign for the, uh, the next flight that comes in with your supplies and don't leave the house. <laughs> yeah. Until, because if you miss that delivery, you're really sunk. For real. I mean, you know, that would be a great way to get rid of certain people on Earth that you wanted to get rid of and just tell them, like, hey, we really want you to go to Mars and we'll send somebody, like, right behind you with all your stuff. Right behind, right behind you with all your stuff. <laughs> yeah, we got your guy and his assistant. You're yeah, you got you're the Louis Vuitton. It's all good. We're coming. <laughs> you're totally covered. You're totally covered. Don't worry about it. Just enjoy your Martian vacation. Yeah, your one-way ticket to, you know, the big time. So he, right. I, I had a friend of mine who I was talking to the other day who's, who's a bass player. He plays in a band with me. His name's Fast, right? When he first started playing bass, he's very, a very unorthodox way to learn how to play bass. He, he was a keyboard player, and he picked up a bass that we happened to be borrowing as a five-string bass. And those That's much better. It's much better, right? Yeah, yeah. Bigger bottom. Yeah, exactly. And I know that that in your music, that was one of the most important things. You had that extra big string to make it even lower. Yeah, I, I was trying to get a string that was lower than people could hear. Uh-huh. Uh, and we're still working on that because it's very hard to tune. Yeah, I mean, you have to use a computer to do that. Yeah, which, is, you know, I, I can't do that. But the whole point of it, people would say, Derek, if people can't hear it, what's the point of playing it? And it's just, it's science-proven that it does something to your uh, intestines. Yeah, your, big, your insides, your big sides, that's what we call them. That's that. Yeah, you that's gotta it. vibrate them. It's like a reggae thing, too. Ever been one of those reggae shows? Yeah, it's all bass. It's all bass down there. You can stand right next to the speaker because it's not shrill. Yeah, that was kind of the idea, I, I guess. When I first started listening to bass guitar, it was like that five-string bass that had that low, is it a low B string or something? It's a low B, right? Yeah, it's a low B, unless you retune it, and then it's yeah. a low whatever, but it's a low B. What basses are you playing now? Are you playing five strings, are you playing four strings, or is it just... I play exclusively five string. Once you go there, it's like Mars, it's very hard to come back. Yeah, no, you're right, man, you're right. That's my point with my boy Fast, he said, I know Derek plays five string, I play five string. He doesn't play anything else, because he looks at like a four string bass as like a cheap version of a five-string bass now. Yeah, but it's like a discount bass. They yeah. didn't give yeah. you the old strings. <laughs> the other thing is, have you ever had a phantom limb? No, but I have a friend who does. Yeah, well, it's like, if I pick up a four-string, it's like that fifth string is my phantom limb. What happened? Where's that? Yeah, and also, if you if you think about just the way it's set up, too, if you're, if you're, the string that you, has the lowest note is now, instead of a, a B, if you tune it to that, is now an E, like a guitar, yeah, it, it's yeah. also confusing if you practice with it the other way. And I, I agree with you, man. I, I don't think the basses should have four strings. I don't think they should have six either. That's too much. Yeah, it is. Five. But it is. Doesn't it go the other way, though? It goes like they give you a higher string? Yeah, they do. Because, as I say, you can't lower than the B gets into where people can't hear. And then yeah. the roadie's trying to tune it while you're still while you're on stage. Because it's just so hard to tune. And it's like the separation of church and state. When you're when you get a high a higher string than a than a G on a bass, then you're in the guitar player's world. There, that's right. You're that's getting right. In that frequency. Well, I refer to it philosophically, Huey, like the separation of kitchen and toilet. I know what you're talking about there, and that's true. I think some things should be separated by a lead singer or a drum kit. Now, when you are on stage with this orchestra, because I haven't actually seen video from it. No one has yet. It yeah. hasn't happened yet. You know, the orchestra played for the record, but we're in separate cities, so I wasn't on stage with them. But it, it, yeah, in New Orleans, Spain, on a tour, uh, on stage with an orchestra now, I'm going to the question, given that I have not done that yet. It should be interesting. How are you going to figure out the state? Are you going to stand in the middle? Because have you stood in the middle of a stage before? Because it's, it's different standing in the middle than off to the side. I stand on the oh, side. No. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you're saying. I, I uh, did a, a sort of mystery surprise gig 
last February, uh, this young band called Papi has a music festival in uh, Miami Beach, and I was a uh, mystery most uh, post midnight set at the festival for that very reason. I wanted to feel what it was like to stand in the center of the stage for a change. And it, you know, you know what? You do this, right? You you stand in the center. No, it I, feels I, great. I, no, but dude, I'm in a three piece. I'm off to the stage right. Yeah, it's like I'm on the right. The dude who does oh. everything is on the left, and then the drummer is behind us, Frank. Well, I'm in the, I was in the center, and I thought, first of all, I'm prone to uh, chills, and I just have that, what is it called, uh, metamorph, whatever the blood is. So if you're in the center, you get more light. Yeah, that's true. And there's light, of course, as you know, Huey, contains heat. Yep, absolutely. So it's a great place to stand if you're prone to chills. I, I always, I, I kind of, every once in a while, I'll walk towards the center of the stage during a show, and I'll notice that it's, it's even hotter. It's kind of like the equator. If if you think of a stage, the closer you get to the center, it's kind of like getting to the equator. If you think of the stage as a globe, you're exactly right. Well, I do. I, I mean, it's kind of like the Shakespeare thing. You know, all the world's a stage, right? So my, my all stage the, is world. Shakespeare actually said all the world's a globe theater. <laughs> yeah. He was... He was plugging his gig. No, no, he's from Stratford upon Avon, right? That's is that kind of like up towards the Midlands? Because you're a Midlands guy, right? I'm a Midlands guy. Uh, Stratford towards uh, Stratford upon Avon is uh, not not strictly Midlands. No, I don't think so. I, I don't consider Midlands. I consider it some some Midlands. Yeah, a lot of people call sub. I, my my drummer Frank is from Leicestershire, which is in the Midlands, West East yeah. Midlands, right? East Midlands. Right? Yeah, yes, yes. And you're yes. a West Midlands guy, so there's like a football discrepancy and about eight different accents between you and him. Now, when it comes down to English people understanding other English people, is that why you think there's a lot more fist fighting here than there is anywhere else in the UK? A lot of fist, more fist fighting in the Midlands than in the rest of the UK, is yeah. what you're saying? Yeah, because they say like every 10 miles or so, north to south, yeah. east to west, there's a different accent. I think it's, it's more due to the lack of theatre. Mm-hmm. There's less theatre in the Midlands, and if you chart the history of public entertainments, theatre tend to tended when it, it started spreading in England, tended to wipe out local boxing, if you can believe People, look, you know what? If you want, if you said, "Hey, Huey, what do you want to watch? A floozy, or you want to watch some guys hit each other?" I would go for the floozy nine times out of ten. Really? Yeah. I don't think you've seen the right guys hitting each other. <laughs> Dude, the thing they got now, the MMA—that's just—I mean—that looks like like a fight about drugs. Every time I see those things, they look like people yeah. are fighting about drugs. Yeah. Well, it, it, it looks like people fighting over who's getting cut. <laughs> exactly, man. But it's, it reminds me of something uh, I heard a, a lesbian uh, person say. She said when people say, you just haven't met the right man yet. And she said, oh, yeah, and neither of you. <laughs> One of the questions that I, I got asked to ask you, which is kind of a weird thing, is I was telling a couple of my friends that I was going to be speaking to. Obviously, a lot of people have a lot of different things that they attach themselves to Derek Smalls with. You know, a lot of things that you say, uh, especially mm-hmm. a lot of stuff from, from that documentary from way back, man. The one thing that I'm identifying with, and I, the reason I'm going to ask you this one is I'm going to ask you about acting because I do bit parts every once in a while. I played a couple of drug dealers in some movies. You played a killer in that movie, Roma 79. A great yeah. film, by the way. Thank like, you. I got into mine because friends of mine are like, hey, you'd be good at playing a drug dealer. And I'm like, okay, uh, okay, I'll give it a try. I like being in movies. Is that how you got into it? Well, can I ask you a question? Absolutely, Eric. What was it about you that made your friends say, oh, you'd be great as a drug dealer in a movie? Well, you know, Derek, I don't know if you know this about me, but I used to do that before I was in a band. Okay. Yeah. I mean, oh, okay. no, nothing, right. nothing of great repute, but most of it had to do with, especially when I, when I was a kid growing up, there were these things called quaaludes. And that was like the kind of in the 80s. Oh, yeah. And I mean, you probably yeah. heard of these things. I mean, they were fantastic. So what me and my friends would do is we would get aspirin and sandpaper and sandpaper the the bear off the off the aspirin and write 420 or whatever the number was. There was a number for the quaalude. I can't remember. I think it was 420. It might not have been 420, 780 or something like that. And then we'd sell them. And the whole thing was you couldn't really get arrested for selling aspirin. So I, I, yeah. I technically wasn't really a drug dealer, but I was selling something, telling people that was something else. 
Okay, so now I've, I've got a follow-up question, which was why, how did the bear get on aspirin? Were the bears like suffering pain? Oh no, it's it's a it's a company uh, spelled different. B a y e r. It's like a it's a German company, and they got bears oh, in oh, Germany. Oh. They do have bears in Germany. I see where you make the connection. I, I was seeing all these bears limping around. You mean like a flint? No, okay. like a Flintstones vitamin. You like? Well, no, they're the shape. No, no, these were just like regular. No. I just saw bears on aspirin, and I just my mind went a different way. So I was never a, a mass murderer or or a contract killer. I think um, director of Roma 79 just uh, he's one of those people who just you know makes snap judgments based on how people look. I think it just thought I looked like I'd be a detaining murderer. What he told me. I would say in the in the late 70s in rock and roll, if we look back, there were a lot of guys that could have been fantastic actors. You know, just with the personalities, like you look at Phil Lynott and people like that. With the, right. the great accents, you know, I've, I could see why this guy would cast you. Well, accent wasn't—it wasn't a speaking part per se. You had the crazy eyes, right? I mean, you had—you know—that that was always something you could convey. I remember yeah. in your earlier yeah. videos, you would always convey with your eyes what you couldn't convey with your mouth. That's right. Well, I, as the bass player, I wasn't allowed to use my you know, to speak very yeah. much. They, 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 you didn't give you a mic a lot of the time. That's right. Do you think having a mic now is better? Because you didn't have a mic then? I think it can't be a mic now is better because it's louder. But I, I, I see where you're going. Yeah. Uh, am I uh, in some way getting out things which have been suppressed for uh, nine on to decades now? Well, you said yes. suppressed. You said suppressed. I was just, you know. Yes. Yes, I said suppressed. I, I always felt part of tap, and I wrote a few songs, a few tunes for the band. But certainly, this is a liberating moment for, uh, for DS, and um, uh, there there is liberation. And having experienced the microphone, you'd have to uh, get a couple of uh, very large lorries to uh, talk me away from it in the future. I like microphones more than I thought I would, and it came to me that the only time I was actually ever a singer or you know, a rapper, whatever the fuck I do, was when I was with the criminals, so that was the only time I ever got in the mic. Is that, that was because the rest of the guys in the band had squeaky voices. It was a no-brainer for me. But with the guys in, in your band, especially, you know, I mean, you know, he's, even Nigel sings songs every once in a while. Our band is cursed with too much talent. You read this a story. Well, That's yeah. really... With every album, like, you know, even with Stone's records, you're like, where's Keith's song? And then Keith would have a song on the record. And then yeah. Was, yeah, sure. that was the kind of thing with Nigel as well. Yeah, so it's just there was, there was a, a would it be a plethora. Yeah. Was that is that the word? No, it's a it word. Was, it's a word. Yeah. Okay. Well, it, then it can be a word. But there was that of, of talent in tap, and so uh, I just I needed to, as the uh, other people say, like to like to say, I, I just needed to spread my bloody wings. Hey, you know what? I'm glad you did. A lot of people who have favorite bands, right? They have their yeah. guy, you know, their guy, you know what I mean? Like my mother liked Ringo for some reason. I'm not totally too sure, but that was her thing. It was her guy. You've always yeah. been my guy, right? And, you well, know, thank you. well, I mean, there was, there were a lot of connections there, especially with, you know, the sanitation uh, in your blood, right. you know, right. say once it, once it gets in your blood, it's like a really bad staph infection. It's so hard to get rid of that. You just let it like fester and you let it hang there. And that's what I always thought. Hanging in there was one of the things that a bass player in the rhythm section would do. And you were the guy that had to audition all these new jacks that would come in every couple of years for whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. For whatever reason. Now, was there something you'd say to these dudes? Be like, look, you know, I, this is my area. So just, you know, I'm going to play on the downbeat. You play whatever you're going to play. I mean, did you have any any advice to the drummers that came through? Well, I, I, my advice was basically buy good insurance. Yeah, really? Shit. Yeah. But I, I got distracted by your last question because I thought, you you know, Fester is such a great name for a band, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is, man. You know those neo-goth kind of metal kids? They probably got a band called Fester. We just don't know. Fest? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'd love to, I'm going to see Fester tonight. That sounds great to me. It is, man. I always remember back when, you know, what was the whole story about David Johansson and the New York Dolls? They dressed like someone could beat them up, but they were the guys that were doing the beating up, right? You know, they are obviously second-generation rock stars. You guys are first-generation rock stars, right? 
with that, do you see anybody with the minerals to kind of keep the rock star thing happening? Because, I mean, you've seen Liam Gallagher say that there's just no money in it, so why are people going to bother? But I think people will bother for, for other things, like, you know, for fringe benefits. Do you see that happening? Uh, yeah, I think benefits remain uh, pretty uh, strong. Are, are we still allowed to say chicks, Huey? You and I can, yeah. All right, well, it's the chicks, it's the uh, clothes, and it's that power. You know, as a player, you get on stage and you feel like you rule the bloody world, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. For that hour, hour and a half, two hours, three, four, five hours, mm -hmm. you feel like you're Nero or somebody like that, you know? And he then played, you go back. He played to, violin, though. Well, but he played electric violin, didn't he? The tune to fourths. I don't even know how they work. Have you ever talked to a violin player? What they do is they make fun of us stringed instruments. They call us they call us vertical string instrument instrument yeah. players. Well, I just I just every time I look at a violin player, I think those neck muscles, those chin yeah, right. muscles. Yeah. Yeah. Do. <laughs> um, get an argument with her. Yeah, it's just sitting there on the one side of her head. In four years, she's going to have such a weird protrusion or, or something in there, you know, because that thing's been sitting in her neck. It's like those African tribes, isn't it? I was at the tennis out here in England, and I, you see these like guys like Rafa Nadal. One of his arms looks like he's a weightlifter. The other yeah. one looks like he's like gone to a prison camp or something. So it's the, it's the arm with the racket that looks big, yeah, right? Yeah, so imagine the side of this person's neck must be massive. Right. Right, or just as it does this dent, dent, it doesn't end, you know, it's yeah. just been dented so long that piece of wood jammed and it doesn't seem particularly uh, appealing to me. You look from one side, they look like they play for the Crimson Tide, right? <laughs> the other side, they look like they play for the Philharmonic. Yeah, it's exactly both of those things. Sure. Oh, I'm right. sorry, it was an American football analogy. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. you, anyway, so dude, as far as it goes, I know that I, I, I've been speaking to you about stuff that doesn't really pertain to to bass playing, but I did, I did want to ask, like, what kind, do you have your basses made for you? I mean, I, I wanted to do a gear rundown, like, just a quick one. Yeah, I don't have an endorsement deal, but this company has been very generous and just give me basses, and I don't have to mention the name or, or really? say or, or sign them or anything. So that's it's better, like that's the, better than being endorsed, man. It's like the best of both worlds. Yeah. But, um, they, they have a, a factory model that I, I get modified by my, my Man, Eric, it's just, uh, I have it set. It's all about the action. Uh, and it's the action is right. You feel like you can play until the cows come by, but the action's wrong. It's all work. I've had my man do two or three different kind models, but get set with the right strings and the right action. And basically, I mean, different bases will have different little. Some will ring in certain places uh, uh, harmonically, and some will some just feel tighter. Yeah, but it's it's a setup, or it's the it's the axe. It's a setup. If I get it set up the way I like it, I'm in two kinds of heaven at once. No, I hear you there, man. My little boy was asking me to ask you: Are you flat wound or round wound? Is he mean with strings, or is he is that like a personality question? You know what? I asked the same thing, man. I don't know what round, wild, and flat. Apparently, they're different types of strings. Oh, I see. Uh, you know, I, I let my man Eric do it, and it, whatever he puts on it, I, it, I said, these are the ones I like. These are the strings I like to play. I don't know how they're wound. Yeah. Just me these, get me more of these, and more please, and then just set them up the way I like them. I, you know, I, uh, I'm the kind of person that spends hours perusing bass catalogs and seeing what or going to the NAM show and seeing what the gear is. I just I just want to play. And when it feels great, I just want to play. And when it feels shitty, I want to stop playing. Yeah. That's what I know. You know, I'm I'm kind of the same school. When I first got my record deal, we were friends with a guy who worked at Gibson and he was like, hey, I can give you a break on the guitars. You know, I wouldn't get anything for free. And I said, well, the guitar's got to do two things. He's like, what's that? I go, it's got to look good and sound good. <laughs> yeah, that's all. Yeah, I mean, there's two things. Hey, well, you know, you, you, were, you, were, you were down to the basics, weren't you? Well, I come from, you know, humble uh, beginnings. So, like, if I had a guitar that was mine, that was a big deal. And, like, even to this day, I look at the guitars yeah. that I have, and I'm very impressed that I haven't sold them. <laughs> well, you're impressed with yourself, then. Yeah, well, I mean, I look at them, and I say, you know what? 
I had some rough times. I, these could have been gone, but for some reason I prioritized them. Do you have like a collection, like a, a, Nigel's collections, like infamous, but do you have like yeah. a couple from back in the day that you still have? Yeah, I got, uh, uh, I was playing Lamb's Blood, the Christian rock band. I've got that bass that I, I did have a bass made for the live earth show that we did at Wembley. Has the entire world on it, and I thought that was worth keeping. Uh, since if we lose the world, if we lose the planet, there will be a little guide to what we lost on the base itself. Yeah, it's it, like it, cartography. Well, it would be the clue to people who wanted to yeah. recreate it. They have to make it on a bigger scale. Yeah, they just follow the you know follow what's on the base, and just they do this uh, you know thousand times larger, and you'll have the Earth again. Yeah, and you know what's even good then. People won't make four-string basses if they know that a five-string bass is the world. We'll be back after a message from our sponsor. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A cousin had a cookout, but I had to go to, to church with him before that, and he was an altar boy. And he was talking about lamb's blood. I know the record you played on, but there was a guy that played before you who was, what happened to him? He was like the dude from Judas Priest or something. Something weird happened. I wasn't too clear on, they just came after me when they heard the tap split up. And I didn't really uh, hear too much about the law of what had happened preceding my period in Lamb's Blood. There was a, you know, this sort of ritual quality to it. They all came when I had my fish tattoo applied to be really like a Christian rocker, you have to have a fish tattoo for some reason. I guess they all look like... You mean like a koi uh, fish? And, or the uh, fish on the, on the bumper sticker? The bumper. Yeah, they like fish. But um, the bumper sticker fish, they like don't the, mean it's, and, the real simple design, like the thing, half the infinity thing, that looking thing? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a, just a thing, the fish with the big fin at the end. Yeah, yeah, all right. So it's not like a koi fish, anything cool. It's just a regular... No, it's just a, a sort of a, a schematic of a fish. Ah, okay, you, I got you. Yeah, the stuff they got on the bumper stickers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes. I guess it just means it's all sit down and have some fish. Yeah, which is, it, which is kind of fish is good, right? Yeah, that's a nice feeling. You know, sit down with your mates, thank the Lord, some fish. You know, the band would have dinners, and I'd be thinking, hold on, where's the fish? We're eating burgers and shit. They were not eating fish at all, not even... Uh, well, fish. Don't you get to tell you the truth? You, when you, I said it once, I actually said it one time to one of the, uh, I think to the rhythm guitar, and I said, "Hold on, where's the fish?" And he said, "Oh, dude, we can't afford fish." Well, if you get burgers, I know I have a friend who was like, uh, he's like a Harry Krishna straight edge kind of hardcore guy from the Lower East Side, and when yeah. we went to McDonald's, he get the fillet of fish, and he was like, "Look, that's the best I can do." And whatever God I think I'm praying to will understand that. Why? Because it was coming out of the same machine as the as the beef grind. Well, Is you know, you know that, and I know that. But he was like a Harry Krishna from the Lower East Side. He didn't really. He wasn't too savvy on how they were making McDonald's. He was trying to not be hungry on the road. You know, it's a good place not to be hungry. I'm not, I'm not even too sure it's really fish. It's kind of like it, you know, can't they just call things things that aren't really things now? 
I think they can and they do. But I mean, fish is such a large. I mean, anything that swims really is a fish, isn't it? Technically, I mean, unless you want to get like specific about different types of manta rays or dolphins, but yeah, well, it's but fish. I mean, if you're out with a a lump and a hook, <laughs> yeah. and you catch a spare tire or a boot, you could call that a fish, right? If you caught it in the water. Well, I mean, especially from Boston, at that point, you get the lemon out. You know, I mean, in Boston, they say if you can catch it with a hook, you can eat it. And, you know, that mm-hmm. leaves a lot to the imagination, especially in Boston. That's right. It's a filet of that you're eating, right? No, I wasn't eating that. I was eating the burgers, but this guy was no, Harry Krishna, and he was a vegan. You know what he used to carry with him? I thought he had, like, a, a bag of sand with him, but he had lentils. He was carrying lentils around him, and he'd, he'd boil lentils and... Even boiling lentils, they're not good lentils. Have you tried lentils? I've had in Indian restaurants. Yeah, they're doing uh, good there, though. I mean, they, they kind of practice. Yeah, it's like a dal is, is lentils, right? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I only yeah. had them with this guy once, and I was like, look, we're going to McDonald's, now you're getting a flare fish. But anyway, <laughs> I, I regress. Talking about lamb's blood, the fact that they did, they had, they had a really good following in America with all the yes. boys. You know, it's, it's a small demographic, but that those people grow up and they, they meet other people and play Lamb's Blood record for them. I get people coming up to me to this day who will uh, sing the chorus of Whole Lot of Lord, which yeah. was our... Yeah, that was a great one. Yeah, but I mean, when you say altar boys, you have to be careful these days. You know what? I did say altar boys and they're altar people now. They're altar, per- altar persons. Yeah, altar and, persons. And you also have to be careful that you say altar and not altered boys. You see, I have that problem a lot because my wife's English and I have a place in Bath. And just me saying Bath the way I'm saying Bath <laughs> has people freak out. So, yeah, oh, I mean, when I start yeah. bringing altar boys up, any way I say altar boys is not the way people want to hear altar boys. I don't think people want to hear altar boys is the point. Yeah, well, yeah, if you bring that up, you it, it's kind of like the E.F. Hutton ads back in America, right? When E.F. Hutton speaks, everybody shut up in the restaurant, you know. So let's change the subject to something less creepy. Speaking of less creepy, I'm, I wanted to touch on, the TSA apparently have a new guideline? Did you hear about this? It's called the Fruit and Vegetable Guideline. No. If you're not allowed to carry more than a certain amount of grams of a vegetable or fruit, through security on an airplane and you were cited something. I think it was BuzzFeed. Oh, BuzzFeed cited you, you know, and all the kids were like, oh, is he, because you were trending. Really? Well, I, I would say I'd learned my lesson way back when, you know, keep your pertinences separately packed, have a roadie carry them, uh, and then at the appropriate time, you know, man up. Yeah, I hear you, man. And, and I always, that's what roadies get paid for is to carry stuff. I, I'll tell you what, I, I wanted to talk about the record upon its completion and, and your uh, plans and, and your, your aspirations when you go out and, and perform this with an orchestra. And you say you've got a bunch of guys from different orchestras. And they all read the same kind of sheet music, right? You don't have like special German sheet music or anything. Oh, no, no. And, you know, music is the universal language. I'm sure you've heard that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it turns out to be true. A bloke in uh, Los Angeles will write uh, uh, street music, and uh, some geezer in uh, Budapest will go, yeah, right, uh, it's amazing. Because I don't read personally, so it's just to me, it's like I, I hum it to me, or you sing it to me, and I'll learn it. These people, you know, it's like it's like some kind of Esperanto or something. I know there was different kinds of sheet music. I mean, like, I'm the same guy, you know, I'm from Lower East Side of Manhattan. I just, I just try to do what I can do. And I don't pretend to speak French. And I don't pretend I, I read music. But I knew that there was some kind of Druid music that was a different kind of tablature. And I saw that next to my accountant's office. There was like a fine art gallery next to my accountant's office. And I would always smoke cigarettes when I smoked before I went up and spoke to him and look into this thing and see this different kind of sheet music. And that kind of also made it feel really exclusive to me. Yeah, well, it's, it, what you can't do is is tell them things because that's all different. So in America, you have uh, quarter notes and eighth notes, and it's all numbers. Uh-huh. And when you get over to uh, Blighty, it's quavers and hemi-quavers and demi-quavers, and, it's, and it gives me the willies just to talk about it. But uh, going back to what you were saying, Huey, I don't want to give you you know life advice or anything like that. I don't feel it's, in, it's, it's my role. But if I saw a fine art gallery right next to my accountant's office, I really wonder where, what he's doing with my money. 
Yeah, I was wondering a lot too. The, one of the reasons I, I, I didn't buy the uh, the piece of old school Druid medieval kind of stuff, aside from it being right next to my accountant's office, was, was frankly, I don't play piano. I couldn't have played it if I had learned it because I don't think those things were made for guitar. And that's the thing too. I mean, as a bass player, do you transpose things or do you have people transpose those things for you? Because I mean, when you go out there and you said you were that, sh- that sheet metal, that really thin sheet metal, that like a vibrating... She right, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, and I think that's a, you know, I'm thinking copper, you know, but not like oxidized copper, but like real shiny red copper, you know. That's oh, interesting. I, I thought of titanium myself. That's a, yeah, that's a cool metal. What is that? Is that like kind of like a silverish kind of like platinum y thing? It's silverish gray with a lovely sheen. Uh, okay. It's just an almost translucent sheen to it. If you visualize yourself as titanium, uh-huh. it's very strong. It doesn't have the coldness of steel. It has a certain inner glow to it, well, which I think like a composite warmth almost. Okay. Uh, yeah, which I think I, I like to think I possess it, a, a strange inner warmth. I was doing this thing where I was looking at all these old Rolling Stone magazine questions that people would ask through like the back in the day because I, I met Jan and Jane went a long long time when I first got into rock and roll and I was like how the fuck did these people get here and it was the crazy questions and the, mm. the, the one of the questions that I thought was was pretty much all encompassing you were probably asked this a bunch but why music of all things of all the different things you could have turned your hand to are you asking me that now well yeah I mean formally yes because it started out as an anecdote about Rolling Stone, and then all of a sudden I realized I'm, I'm being asked a question. I just realized, uh, yeah, I realized that I was talking about an anecdote, and I should have been asking a question. So I'm, I no, apologize. Well, I wasn't, I wasn't criticizing. I was just trying to come back to the present here. Why music? Well, it goes back to what we were talking about before. If the money goes away, it's power, it's the chicks, it's the gear. You put on your rock and roll clothes and you feel a certain way that you feel like you can conquer the world and subdivide it into the little victims and uh, impose the taxes on the various victims. Like the tax. <laughs> and all your time goes there when you put on the gear. Yeah. And you, you don't get that when you work it down at the chip shop. That's lovely, man. I was talking to a guy from Bristol, and I always think people from Bristol sound like pirates, right? This, ah, yeah, right. yeah, they have this great, really rich, piratey accent from us American guys, right? And I was talking to this dude, he's a musician, and he's uh, in a band called Massive Attack. And, you know, he's got this, this, this great mentality about port cities. And he talks about the fact that the world went around a certain circuit for a lot of years, like maybe a couple hundred years, you know? The whole world touched a bunch of places at the same time, but only, you know, you say Bristol, right? And they say like New York City, uh, Mumbai, all these huge ports, London. I know that you have a, a friend who lives in New Orleans. Is New Orleans one of those port cities that's just bananas? Well, bananas used to come to New Orleans. As a matter of fact, bananas, I've been told New Orleans was one of the places where bananas came mainly to, and then they spread out to the rest of America from there. So... Uh, it very literally went bananas. But yeah, it's a, it's a port city. I've been there a few times. It has that quality of, uh, well, we know all sorts of strange people are going to come here <laughs> and welcome here. A little of that strangeness is going to rub off on us, and a little of our strangeness is going to rub off on them, and it's a total rub off. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I might want to leave it there, man. Derek, it's been really great just connecting with you after, I mean, man, what is it, almost nine years or something. Since yeah. Now. So, look, I, when you're around my way, I'll, I'm going to try to, you know, get a hall pass. I'll, I'll take the wife with me. I know that she'll really enjoy this, but I want to come see when you play around here, man. She'll love the violinists, and you'll love the rest of them. You know, I've always been a huge fan of you and your groups. I'm glad that you could take the time to speak with me tonight, man, especially about all the bass playing stuff, because, I mean, that's really important to a lot of people that I've spoken to. So, you know. Great. Have you heard the remixes, I should say, the many remixes of Jazz Odyssey? The one version that I heard was on the 2011 Tap album, uh, Back from the Dead. Mm-hmm. We did a 45-minute version of Jazz Odyssey, and they chopped it into uh, three little chunks. 
I think chance is the exact word that the engineer used. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so it was almost like distilled, you know, this is the, it, it, we didn't call, but it was almost like this was the best of Jack's Odyssey, which I guess the, the way they call it, they say it, it was very chunky. I like the way you think, and almost the engineer was doing like an eight track kind of thing, even though things would fade out in the middle and you'd, you'd, yeah. you'd miss all the superfluous kind of noodling. Yeah, well, this, this was that. This was that noodling. It faded up when the noodle started. Look, man, good luck with the tour. You know, Thank I'm, I'm, I'm going to come see you guys whenever I can, and I'm going to bring the wife for the violins. Great, and you will be my very special guest, Huey. Man, it's always a pleasure speaking to you, Derek, man. Thank you, same here. Hey, do you want? Do you have a shout-out to your favorite football team? I know you English guys like doing that a lot. Shrewsbury. Go right. Shrewsbury. Hey, dude, thanks a lot, man. Have a great night. Thank you, you too. That was the man, the legend, who is Derek Smalls, the creator of A Jazz Odyssey. An extreme honor for me. But seriously, for those who are too young to remember or not cool enough to know, that was Harry Shearer playing the part of Derek Smalls from uh, a rockumentary called This Is Spinal Tap. He co-wrote and co-starred it. Now, Harry's obviously an actor, a comedian, a writer, a musician, radio host, Le Show. You got to check it out. He's a director and a producer. Very smart, very cool dude. And he's been in the business a long time, and he knows what's up. He's also known for the voice behind some of your favorite characters on The Simpsons. Mr. Burns, Smithers, Principal Skinner, even Ned Flanders, and a ton more. Look that up on your Google, man. So hopefully that lightened the mood suitably. Next week, we have another Q&A special, so get your questions over to me on Twitter at OfficialHuey, and make them good, and you might get yours answered. And after that, we got another two-part doozy coming up with the one, the only Ricky Gervais, yo. So until next time, you know the drill. Rate, review, and subscribe to the pod. Tell your friends, your mother, your sister, your brother. Spread love. It's the Brooklyn way. Stay classy. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.